One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is episode 41. As always, I'm Hirsch, and with me are my two awesome co-hosts, the hype man, Wes. What's good? What's good, Gator Nation? And CJ, the man, McCann. What's going on, guys? Hey, guys. We've got another great episode tonight. We've got a big topic we want to talk about, transfer, transfer portal talk. But before we get to that, as always, guys, we want to remind you, to go out and download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from or if you'd rather watch the podcast check us out on the YouTube channel and if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe to the channel guys drop a like on the video and hit that notification bell man so you get a notification every time we upload new content and just as a reminder guys we finished our giveaway for the last month and we're going to be doing another one for the month of June which should be a great month in Gator recruiting got a lot of stuff going on that month So you guys be on the lookout. We'll probably announce that giveaway near the end of the month on what it's going to be. And um just like Chris Sorley, man, all you got to do is like the videos and subscribe to the channel, drop us a comment, and you too could win, man, just like Chris did. Chris be getting that hat this week. He's out of town right now, but as soon as he gets back, he's going to uh show it out for us so we can show y'all and We'll move on from there guys. As always though guys, if you'd like to support us as creators, check us out on our Patreon at Respect Our Decision. We appreciate each and every one of you that already do. And with that being said, guys, we also want to mention real quick before we jump into today's topic, man, to check out our friends at Alma Mater and check out the great Gator merchandise that those guys got there. That's where the hat from our giveaway that CJ showed off all last month came from. That's where this lightweight gator hoodie that I'm wearing tonight with the Pell logo is. Man, we'll drop the links for some of this great merchandise and subscription. You guys go check that out. Some of this product like the new Jack Tini t-shirt that they have goes to support those athletes and their NIL deals, man. It's a great opportunity to not only support gator athletes, but to support a gator business. So you guys check that out, man. Give those guys your business. Tell them the guys that respect our decision sent you, man. All right, boys, another week, another commit for the Florida Gators. Man, we're getting pretty good at this. I probably better uh, not talk too much about it because I think we're going to slow down for a few weeks here anyway. But you never know. You know, a, a recruit could drop out of the sky. A, a, a commitment it could be just moments away. But for now, we're going to talk about this week's commitment out of the transfer portal. Lindell Hudson Jr. committed to the Gators this week after hit, or actually the weekend after his visit that he was in for 
uh, Lindell Hudson Jr. And, you know, if you saw us talk about him on our Twitter page, this is a young man that was a three-year starter for FIU. He was a little limited last year with some back issues. Um, was PFF's week five uh, right tackle of the week in their uh, team of the week that they do. Was previously going to transfer to USF, but the Gators gave him a call. Uh, young Mr. Hudson said, hold on now, this might be a, a pretty good opportunity for me. Came up to hear what the Gators had to say and went ahead and made that commitment uh, Saturday, man. Just a, a big time win for the Gators coaching staff here because it provides two things, guys. And um, before I get to your opinion, you get experience and you get depth. Two things the Gators greatly needed on this offensive line and Mr. Hudson checks all those boxes. CJ, what's your take on this? I, I mean, I, I was, it was you get happy to get something like that. You're, you're happy to get a guy to come in um, to fill some depth purposes and experienced player. Um, you know, offensive line is the hardest position to really grade and really know, especially coming out of high school. Um, so when you, when you look at him and what he's done in his college career, you can get a better grasp at how you know how good of an offensive line he, lineman he is, how, how good of a skill set he brings to your to your team. Um, so I think getting him now is going to help. I'm not really scared about where he comes from. We've we've had offensive linemen all over the field, and you know we just put a guy in the NFL who who wasn't a big time recruited guy who came from a group of five conference. So um, you know this offensive line group, the coaching staff, you know you can see what. The, that you want to the recruiting, um, but they they are developing offensive linemen. They've done a good job at coaching them up. Uh, so I think that it's a much needed depth piece, but some experience depth, which you, you cannot undersell. Absolutely, uh, Wes. What do you think about the take of Mr. Hudson? Yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to the offensive line, you can never have enough guys, especially with experience. And we already mentioned before, if you don't know, the, the injuries we've had with weights and uh, uh, the transfer that we had in from Bigler, who thought about uh, Mazuka, Mazuka, who, who thought about getting into the portal and, and his injury with the uh, torn labrum. So uh, if you can get a guy like this in, um, like you said, he was about to go to U- uh, South Florida and, you know, we made a call and got him in and, and I'm not uh, – and really impressed with the way our coaching staff recruits, but as far as development, uh, we know that they can do their thing. So um, I'm happy with this guy. Uh, he has some experience playing and somebody that we can develop over the sum- summer, hopefully, and then maybe he can contribute to the team as far as uh, – I don't know exactly where they feel like he's going to uh, play right now. Like you said, he played right tackle last year, so we don't know if he has the uh, the flexibility uh, to to move inside and play guard, or just if he's just going to be a right tackle. But uh, you get bodies in uh, uh, now uh, to to help the team uh, as far as the offensive line, because we saw some guys struggle uh, in the spring game. So uh, and then we don't know if that's indicative indicative of our D line being so good. Uh, or if they were just that bad. So the more bodies and, and guys with experience, and, and we always say you can't teach size, so and these guys had that. Yeah, he's, he's 6'6", 300 pounds. That's what he's listed at right now. I mean, once again, experience primarily at right tackle. You've got uh, Godwin in who doesn't have any real starting experience. You've got uh, Damian George that you took from Alabama in the transfer portal who's played a little right tackle. He's, you know, they've played him a little bit at guard as well. So that gives you a tremendous amount of flexibility on that right side of the line now to find the two best guys to play right tackle, right guard, and plug those guys in. Obviously, you know, we've got a farmer out there. You know, you've got other candidates as well that that are going to compete for that job. Uh, I don't know if Kearney might you know, they might give Kearney some reps to try to see if he can slide in there. I, but right now I think it's a – we're going to line it up in, in practice in the fall and the best two guys for the right guard, right tackle are going to get the start and you go from there. And if somebody goes down, you have experience to fill that to fill those positions. And, and that's never a bad thing, especially experienced, you know, depth. That's That's to me is the biggest thing about this young man. He might – 
I mean, he may not start a game, but he may have to get in there. You know, offensive linemen, we know they, they get hurt at the blink of an eye. The running back rolls up on your ankle or, you know, just a defensive lineman falls back on your leg and you're in there. So chalk me up all the time for experience. This was a nice pivot after losing out on Simmons to Ohio State earlier in this transfer portal cycle. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about a guy that we didn't get that we talked about last week on the show, and that is um, Antonio Carter, the defensive back out of Rhode Island previously out of Orlando, uh, was slated to come in on the 15th for official visit, went to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame, man, they they did the thing. They shut it down. They they got him on campus first. Now, that was their his third visit. He had made two previous visits before going to Notre Dame, and I don't remember what those schools were right off the top of my head because I'm slow today and I didn't write it down. But – um. Notre Dame was his third visit, and he was supposed to go to LSU over the weekend and then come see us first of the week. And as we know, we we said it last week on the show, called us our dream school. Coach Raymond was very impressed with the young man. Um, But Notre Dame got him on campus and shut it down. And and to me, this is just a – this is a miss. This is a kid you wanted. It's very clear. You targeted him. You had him scheduled for a visit. Uh, Experienced – secondary player that could have been really good at the, possibly the star position, our safety, our corner. He's experienced. He, he had flexibility. So this is going to lead to our bigger conversation of this episode. And I'll start with you, Wes. Did, did the Gators move too slow on, on this young man? I don't know if they moved too slow. Uh, you have to work with the kid and see how their visits are set up. And when we mentioned that, okay, did LSU move too slow? Uh, He had two visits prior to Notre Dame. So uh, the way he set up his visits, I don't know. I don't want to say that we moved too slow. We were thinking that we would get our shot once we got on campus. And Notre Dame just did some of the stuff that we say that we need to do sometimes. Shut it down. Close. Put your foot on on the guy's throat when you got him down. And so to speak. So – they did what we want our staff to do. And and I don't and, and we, we call it a miss. I don't want to say it's a miss when we never got on campus. Uh I'm assuming we work with his people, his parents, whoever's leading his recruitment and uh mapped out his schedule and he just never was got here. Um and it's a miss to the point that we felt like we kind of needed help at the start position. Uh as the nickel, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, I, we talked about how Perkins, in my opinion, uh, sometimes I think he has trouble with, uh, learning the defense. I, I love his athletic ability. I love the way when he's in the right position, how he plays. And then after that, we have, uh, Jaden Hill, who I also think might thrive at that position if he's not at safety, but it's freshman and you wanted a guy with experience and it, to, to say, I know some people, we talked about this last week. Uh, was like he's from Rhode Island. Well, you see Notre Dame and LSU was after him as well. So that those are big time schools that wanted this guy as well. So it wasn't about that he played at Rhode Island because the kid obviously has some ability in it. We trust. We're going to say we trust Corey Raymond. If Corey Raymond wanted him, of course the guy has some ability. So uh, it, it hurts because I, I thought he would have been a good pickup uh, as far as playing uh, or competing for that star position. CJ. I mean, looking at it now, hindsight's twenty twenty. So yeah, you would say yeah, we we waited too long because we didn't get him, and we didn't even get to see him. So yeah, of course you would say that we waited too long. There's a lot of other factors in here. Uh, I think we talked. I talked about it last week. I I didn't really know that Notre Dame was recruiting him like that. I thought it was just us and LSU, uh, and that might have been one of those things where they put Notre Dame out of it because he'd already visited twice and he didn't commit there. So. You know, what was he what was he waiting on, right? So I mean, maybe that was kind of like the thought, the school thought there was if he's already been to Notre Dame a few times and he didn't commit then, so why would he do it now? Um, Notre Dame obviously has uh Marcus Freeman's a good coach. Marcus Freeman has coached guys that are in the NFL now, like Sauce Gardner, like Kobe Bryant, um that came from Cincinnati when he was the defensive coordinator there. So he's he's produced pretty good players. Uh, during his time as a good secondary guys, I'm sure he sold 
in the, on that, you know, maybe even got a phone call from Sauce Gardner or somebody like that. Say, hey, you know, you should go play for Marcus Freeman. Um, so I, I'm not really surprised that, that he made that move and got him. Um, so, and it's Notre Dame, you know, we, we don't get lost in all this. Notre Dame's still got a pretty rich history. They've got a big pedigree, even to the younger kids. They're kind of like the Dallas Cowboys of, of college football, you know, where they just are the team. They're, you know, like they're like the brand. They're like Coca-Cola, you know. They, they sell themselves. They're Notre Dame. Um, so, you know, you get him there. You show him all these All-Americans. You kind of could you eventually change his mind. Sweet me and IL pot. You know, Notre Dame has probably the largest fan base in college football all across the United States. Um, so I'm sure they've got people with all kinds of money. Bandwagon. Ready to- <coughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they are. You know, you, you grew up and you're a fan in the 70s and the 80s, and you know now you're a rich oil tycoon or whatever you are. You you pay that. Watch Rudy I'm, once. I'm that's a- right. You watch Rudy <laughs> one time. <laughs> but you know, it's, there's a lot of those a lot of those people out there. So um, I can see why he went there. Like I said, I was kind of surprised that we didn't even get a chance to recruit him. I think Notre Dame knew that. I think Notre Dame knew that if they let him step off of campus a third a time and, and go visit LSU and go visit Florida. They weren't going to get him. He, he wasn't going to couldn't double back to Notre Dame, especially after, you know, you go to LSU or go to Florida because, you know, they have a lot more, I think, to sell right now as far as the NIL game, uh, the, the, DB play in, the DB traditions, yeah, things like that. I think if you get him here, I think you probably shut it down. I think LSU or Florida would have, um, but, it is what it is. It, it, there's a lot of mistakes that have been made. This one doesn't really sting as bad as losing a guy like Simmons because you needed Simmons more. This was kind of like a piece that, not to say we we don't need him or can't use him, but it wasn't like on the top of the list of this is something we need now and we need it bad. Like if we don't get this, we're going to be in bad shape next year. I, I don't think that was that kind of position. I think if it was, maybe you do a little more, but, um, like I, said, I just didn't. I don't think that they expected expected the kid to go to Notre Dame. I don't think they expected him to commit if he'd already been there twice. You know what's holding you up? Um, and you know they think they wanted to say like you know he this kid's just looking for a reason not to go to Notre Dame. Um, but you know it, it, there's there you can see I can see both sides of it. I think that there like I said there are mistakes made. I think there are things that need to be fixed. Um, with how do you do this? But again, you know, it, it's hard for me to really qu- criticize them when you're in the spring portal session, when it's a very underwhelming spring portal, because you cannot go after kids that are in your conference, um, in our conference specifically. Um, you can't do that. Uh, you, you, there's really not a lot of kids that left. Um, we didn't have a bunch of kids leave either. So we didn't have as many scholarships to play with. But in the fall time, you know, you added a lot of pieces and a lot of good pieces to the team. So, you know, it's hard for me to really bash their portal approach when they've shown it worked, you know, just a few months ago. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that there's there's good and bad, and you're just going to have to live and die with the good and the bad at this point. We're still like, an, you know, un, un, what is it, uncharted waters at this point when it comes to the portal. Uh, I know it's been around for a while, but it's like changing every year. It's like, you know. It's not the same as it was when they had it, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, don't. I, I wanted to pivot that into our next conversation, but first, why didn't y'all tell me? I mean, we got a a Clemson logo up here. How did that get here? What the heck? I don't know, man. I think we flipped. I think we flipped to Clemson. Hold on now. What are you doing? God, man? man, I hope our fan base doesn't overreact to this. A, yeah. <laughs> happy, mother's, happy, yeah happy Mother's. Happy Mother's Day, Day everyone. All, all you the mothers belated, out there. The mothers out there. Hey, fans. Quit being weird. He's yeah. a teenager. Chill, chill the hell we out. All, we all can, you know, have a little fun. Anyway, I, I wanted to use that to, to really just kind of segue into our main conversation of this episode, which is the transfer portal and our Napier and company going about the transfer portal the right way. Are they building the roster the right way? Um, if you listen to the show and you listen to our episode with Nick Delatore a couple of weeks ago, we – we had some conversations with Nick about this very thing, but I wanted to kind of, you know, now that it looks like right now we have two open scholarships and the people out there in the know that, that know what the staff is doing and who they're talking to is pretty much said, it looks like we're, we're, we're right where we're going to be. I mean, there's, there's nobody else out there that we're really after. 
I'm not going to say that a grad transfer maybe couldn't pop up. I mean, it, it could happen. But as of right now, with with Carter going to Notre Dame and uh, uh, out in McCaskill, the, the running back that visited us a couple weeks ago just committed to Colorado yesterday, pretty much looks like we're, we're where we're going to be. So, I mean, those scholarships obviously could get used on some walk-ons or something of that. Or you save them, you put them in your hip pocket, and you save it for the recruiting class. I mean, we've said it several times. This is a very young team. And barring another mass wave of guys transferring out, you're not going to have a lot of scholarships. You may not reach 25 kids to sign in this class. Now, if they if they're the right kids, they'll make it work. We know how this how this whole game goes. I mean, they'll they'll find a way. If if Jeremiah Smith was to call on December, you know, on signing day in December, and say, you know what, Coach, I'm in. Uh, they'll find a way. Somebody's getting a gray shirt. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Khalil Jackson, sorry, we were just kidding. You know, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just joking. Khalil's, Khalil's probably earned his scholarship, but you know, they have the spring summer scholarships. They have, you know, um, but I really wanted to talk about this in light of you missed on, on Carter, which, Hey, like y'all just said, Notre Dame got the damn thing done. I mean, who knows what he was offered, what he was given, what he was promised. We don't, we don't. Um, Notre Dame didn't offer him a scholarship that far back from us. I mean, like he, he hasn't been offered for, you know, it wasn't like he was offered months ago. So a lot of people are looking like at how Florida state has just loaded their roster with these, these guys in the portal and they're, and they're pretty good players by all accounts, you know, from where they came from, they were highly sought after transfer portal, uh, kids. But is that the right way to build the roster for sustained success? And that's that's my real question. And, I, and I'm going to start, CJ, I'm going to go back to you first. Um, you know, but people are really frustrated with Billy. And I understand it on the surface that you're frustrated that because you don't want to hear, oh, next week, next year could be rough. I mean, we may win six, seven games. We may win less. Why because we less, weren't yeah. going out there and finding the 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 big time quarterback, and I mean, regardless of what you think Graham Mertz is going to turn into, um, or B once he's you know once the games count, um, you weren't out there going after the receiver that just committed to Florida State that you know that transferred from Michigan State. You weren't out there going after these these super big kids. You were out there going after kids that still had two and three years left of, of play time to come in and fill your roster. So you can coach them in your system and, and they can grow in your system. And in two years from now, maybe you've really built the team that you're, that you're aiming for. And that goes on each and every season because you're recruiting strong on the back end of that. CJ, what are your thoughts on how Billy Napier is building this team? And if he's using the transfer portal correctly, I, I think that the, uh we're still so far like new no program yet has proven that you can use the transfer portal to win a national championship every program that's to this part since it's been in play has won a national championship through recruiting georgia didn't take any portal kids last year they didn't take any they recruited uh alabama it up till right now hadn't really dipped into it um, uh, you know, you see these teams, Ohio state, they don't, they don't use it a whole bunch. Uh, your bread and butter is still going to be your high school recruiting, getting kids, evaluating that way, getting them in your system, teaching them the way you want them to be taught. Um, that's where you're still going to win. I think that's still where your, your money's going to be made. We've seen teams have great special years using that portal. Um, Tennessee had a great season last year. A lot of that was built on the back of what they did in the, in the transfer portal. Mel Tucker got a big extension at Michigan State using that portal. Um, the problem is you start to see really chinks in the armor when you look where Mel Tucker is now at Michigan State. They haven't been very good for the last couple of years post, post his big portal season. Um, so what's missing? 
the problem with the portal, the main problem with the portal is there's nothing guaranteed about the portal um, as far as who's going to jump in, who's going to enter. Like, like I keep talking about the spring portal right now. If you were counting on it to build a team right now, you're in bad shape because it really hasn't been that impressive, especially not in our conference. And I think we're in a position, too, at our conference where you're going to see more kids from any other conference. I think the SEC is probably going to have – the most talented kids that are going to transfer out of the conference because Georgia recruits better than most teams. LSU recruits better than most teams. Alabama recruits better than most teams. So the the really talented kids in our conference that are going to transfer, we can't really use them very much, especially not right now because they have to wait. So you're in a spot where the portal is unproven. It's, it's not, it's not static. It, It changes, you know, a lot. It, it doesn't stay the same. There's good players that jump jump in. There's some players that just kind of go in there and they just kind of hang out in portal purgatory forever and don't ever go anywhere. Um, so I, it's you know it, it is like free agency. Um, and you know in the NFL they say the same thing: you build through the draft, not through free agency. Um, you, you don't you know win a lot of championships just getting big free agent guys. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Sure, they've got a few guys, um, but most of what the Philadelphia Eagles have done is through drafting. Um, And then, like I said, you look at college football, the big successful programs, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, most of what they do comes from their high school recruiting. So I think you really need to focus on your high school recruiting. Maybe it pays off for Florida State. I know that it didn't pay off for Dan Mullen. When he was here, he did the same thing. He got a lot of portal kids. And we bought into that during the time when Dan was here. I was like, well, maybe this portal is the new way to go, right? You come back and you get kids on the backswing like Demarcus Bowman, like Brenton Cox, that, that maybe changed their mind and they come in. That's the way you really need to recruit now. Um, you can let somebody else do the dirty work developing them. You get a, you know, a more finished product that way anyway. I've heard a lot of the arguments about it, but there wasn't any long-standing success. And up to this point right now, there hasn't been any long-standing success with teams that have primarily primarily used the portal. It's all been through recruiting. So, you know, I'm not upset about where the portal stands at the University of Florida right now. You need to use it to fill in some gaps, uh, address some serious depth issues. Um, but I don't think you're ever going to need it to replace high school recruiting I don't want to be a better portal team than I am like a recruiting team. I would rather recruit high school very well than do the portal very well because it just doesn't seem like it's a sure thing. Wes? Yeah. <clears throat> this is why sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of bad to go second. CJ kind of stole some of my points in a, in a sense. So hey, you just is, make you just make those points anyway, man. Yeah, I'm gonna try to expand on. He did it towards the end, so um, I'm gonna kind of hit on what he said towards the end. Some of the, the points he uh, he made and expand on those. And the two points that the t- the two key points that he made to me uh, that he said that I, I, I'm gonna uh, use is the NFL. As far as the NFL, like uh, free agency, to me, you build through the draft. In, in college football, that's through recruit. You recruit your guys, you get them in, and you have a culture. When you kind of bring guys in that have been at other programs, you don't, unless you've re- recruited them before, you don't really know those guys. See Brenton Cox, a guy that we brought in and ended up getting kicked off the team. So sometimes you don't know what you're getting in that type of guy because you only recruit them for that those couple of weeks that he's in the portal. And you get them if you do it that 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 way. But when we we when I reference the NFL, what I mean by is <clears throat> if you build it through the draft, uh, a la say Kansas City, and of course they have the quarterback already in place. If you have key guys that, that starting with the quarterback and you have your team there, you might sign uh, uh, or recruit a left tackle in the portal because you hurt them there because you have your key guy. To me, the portal should be used as a filler, not something you use to build your roster throughout because, uh, as CJ said, it's not sustainable. We see these these, these teams that have these one-hit uh, seasons and think that's sustainable. He brought up Dan Mullen as an example. To me, 
we saw the 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 fallout with Dan not recruiting and building a roster, and we're paying for that now because we don't have the guys in and, and the talent enough uh, to compete like we think we should uh, win at least ten games a year. Should we shouldn't be winning six and seven games? And the reason why we that's happening is because he failed to recruit at an elite level uh, as far as we think and as far as the, the University of Florida. So I believe. <clears throat> that you have to build through recruiting. Uh, that's how you build your culture. That's how you get to know the guys that you've spent years recruiting and you know what type of guy you're getting. And of course we have the outliers and you can recruit a guy for two, uh, for two years or a year and build that relationship. And then he's not who you think he is when you get him on, get him on campus. That was in the NFL too, when they build these relationships and they uh, draft a guy and the guy doesn't turn out to, to who they uh, expect him to be. So I'm a big uh, believer in, building through recruiting, uh, and two, something that we say from day one, uh, Hirsch, if you remember back when we started our podcast, in Billy's press conference, he preached patience. He said you guys wouldn't like it. He said you're going to be frustrated. This is why he's saying that, because his idea is building a culture through recruiting, developing these guys, and to me, I want to see, it's why I didn't really want a lot of wide receivers uh, as far as in the portal to come in. I mentioned, to you, uh, mentioned that to you guys when we were talking before uh, we came on. I want to see Andy Jean. I want to see Wilson. I want to see uh, Aiden Mazel. I want to see these guys go ahead and get developed, get on the field, see what we got, get their feet well, get some experience because we have two quarterbacks possibly coming in next year with a lot of talent. And it's good to have those guys ready, set, and to go uh, as far as being developed and getting that game experience so they can help that young quarterback out. So I believe the transfer portal is a filler. If you need a left tackle, if you need a big time receiver, if you need a DB, not something you get in 10, six, seven, eight, 10, six to 10 guys a year just to fill your roster. You can't survive like that, especially when they have like one or two years left. You need guys to build, to believe in the culture and set your program up the way it's being. CJ mentioned about the last couple of national champions and how they built through the draft. Clemson is another one that doesn't take any uh, transfer portal um, transfer portal guys like that. Ohio State, Bama, all those. USC did it last year, and you see they struggled towards the end of the year. But, again, they took a big uh, guy in Caleb Williams, the quarterback, and that is what made that team what it is. So uh, after Caleb Williams leaves – Will USC continue to recruit the way uh, – uh, use the transfer portal? Who knows? But um, I'm I, like I said, and I'll leave it at that, is I'm, I'm a believer in doing it through the uh, recruiting high school kids. Yeah, guys. Uh, Wes, you nailed it. We talked about it since day one. It's always been a theme here. Billy, Billy warned us. Patience, guys. I think Billy knew. I think Billy looked around and said, this is this is not a very good culture, a very good roster. CJ has alluded to it in, in his great analogy about buying a house with, with rot under it, and, you, you know, the old coaches just painted over the rot. The roster wasn't good. And, yeah, you can, you can quick fix it. I, Tennessee quick fixed it. And guess what? They're doing a really good job of, of – fixing it underneath at the same time in a lot of ways. But, I mean, have they done it more than one season? The, the I mean, you just inherited a good ro- a, a better roster than we did. I honestly think in a lot of ways built for what Hypo wanted to do. Billy inherited Anthony Richardson and some, some really good other pieces. I mean, you know, we have Jason Marshall. We have Princely. We have a lot of good players, but we had a lot of not – you know, just not good players that didn't fit what Billy wanted to do, that did not fit the culture of what Billy wants to build at the University of Florida, which will breed better results year after year. Uh, Georgia is a, is a primary example, except the only f- difference is, is Georgia was recruiting at a really solid level before Kirby stepped on campus. Yeah, and they- all Kirby had to do was sell the boosters like, I'm the guy that's going to solve the problem. Yeah, people we've been, we've been close. We've got talent, but this is how we get there. And boom, and, and Georgia's boosters bought in. Now, our boosters are buying in on Billy. They they the ones that matter truly believe in Billy. They really, really do. And they're gonna be patient with Billy. 
whether you like it or not, I mean, they really are short of going 0 and 12 or having a, a Coach Matt death threat situation. Billy's going to be here, I, I'd bet money on five years. Now, you can't go four and six this year and go four and six next year. You know, that, that obviously would change things, but I just don't see that happening because you're building the program the right way. And look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything's going to be sunshine and roses because I can't. There's going to be some rough moments. This season's probably not. Look, this would be a good fall for you to make some plans. You know, (laughs) I mean, take a vacation. If somebody has a wedding that fall, don't get mad at them necessarily. This might be the fall to go to a fall wedding. probably the time you want to (laughs) go. I mean, look, I'm not, you know, like we said, we're not going to sunshine pump it. But at the same point, I'm not going to, if if we go out this season and we go six and six, I'm going to be like, well, I was prepared for six and six. It is what it is. Could we be better than that? Absolutely. And if we are, then you're really going to understand what kind of coach and what kind of atmosphere Billy's breeding because this team should not win probably more than six, seven games. Not on the surface. But they may go out there and play like world beaters. Uh, Coach Armstrong might have that defense ready to eat their own when they get out there on the field. I mean, you know, they might – you just it's, – it's a lot of unknowns. The teams we play may not be as good as we think they're going to be. That's the beauty of college football is that you just really, really – you don't know until you get out there and line it up and, and go at it, man. So, guys, I know we've preached this on this show. Good God knows. I mean, we really – we set up bar for that. Episode one, have patience with Billy. Let him recruit. I mean, we got a lot of things going on in the recruiting world right now. Um You've got Lagway. You've got uh, you've got such a great start to this class. Do I think we're going to get Jeremiah Smith and 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 Gibson? No, we probably aren't. I'm just going to go ahead and and drop that huge bomb on y'all right here, right now. That if I had to tell you right now today that Gibson's going to end up at Texas, and yes, Jeremiah Smith's probably going to stick with Ohio State because he'd be dumb not to almost. I mean, unless he's just chasing the bag. And or Brian Hartline and, and Ryan Day move their separate ways after the season. Maybe they maybe they lose to Harbaugh and, and they they tear that thing down. <laughs> but he's gonna get his. And it and it shows by the guys that they're bringing in. This starting in June, that first weekend in June. Each and every day you hear about another guy coming to visit for that weekend of the second through the fourth with DJ and and company. And last year, I saw a stat earlier today, last year on our June visits, we had so many June visits and we went 12 for 32 on commitments out of official visits from um, the month of June. And that's a pretty good ratio. I'll I'll take take 12 kids. I mean, you got to think you're, you're signing an average of 20, you know, you know, we only signed 20, 21, 22, or is it 20? Um, 20 might've been 19 kids. So out of those, you got half of those kids out of the June official visits. I mean, that's, that's doing the thing right there, man. That's, that's a plan. It just doesn't look good because we've been conditioned to think, Oh, we need to have that last official visit or or you're, you're just going to, you're going to get screwed. Those days have changed guys. NIL is here. You can, oh, what did so-and-so offer? You get a, it's a phone call now. Oh, what did so-and-so offer you? All right, well, you know, here we go. Yes, you can offer recruits NIL deals, but come on, guys. Come on, buddy. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of recruiting news out there this week, guys. Not, not, a, not a ton. Like I said, they're really gearing up for June. Coaches are on the road. Um, just a few things of note. We did have a visitor in this week, uh, Benedict Yuma, a defensive lineman from up in Connecticut, was on campus the last couple of days. Um, haven't heard anything out of his visit, but this is a young man that's number 66 in the in the composite right now. So Coach Chaos continues to, to bring kids on campus, man, and really um, look for some, some high-quality defensive ends. Uh, Mike Peterson was out visiting with Dalen Evans again, the the Texas A&M 
commit that we're working hard to flip. Uh, it's that situation's looking better and better every time I hear about it. I mean, the staff is absolutely showing this young man that he is high on their priority list by just continuously being in contact. Um, and wanted to speak a second just about some tight end targets. It appears that the, the, the staff is going to look to take two tight ends this cycle. Obviously, last episode, we talked in depth about Walter Matthews and his visit, you know, um, tight end out of Georgia. Two other names I want you to keep in mind, one being Eric Carner, who's a 6'5 tight end out of uh, Elmhurst, Illinois, who the Gators are on big time right now. And the other team that's really big on him is Iowa. And you know Iowa can recruit some tight ends, man. So if Iowa wants him <laughs> – you know, that might be a good sign. And another one I want y'all to keep an eye on and an ear on is Amir Jackson from Portal, Georgia. Portal, Georgia is about 30 miles down the road that way from me. So I might have to go check this young man out this week or this year, this season sometime. But look look for the, the staff to really bring in a bunch of tight ends here soon as they try to fill two tight end slots in this recruiting class. Um but, guys, that's really going to do it as far as recruiting news this week. There's, like I said, coaches are on the trail setting up these visits for June. Uh, coaches just going into high schools, watching kids spring practices, things like that. As that spring practice wraps up around the country. Um, but be patient, man. I, I, the portal situation is behind us right now. It's time to really start focusing on recruiting and, and building that base. So, guys, um, with that being said, I know CJ is chomping at the bit to give us a little breakdown of the Gators going up to uh, Nashville and sweeping those. Or No, they came here. My fault. I'm, I've lost my mind. I'm thinking about the Gators having to go to uh, Kentucky this weekend. And the, uh, the Commodores came here and got swept. CJ, when's the last time the Gators swept the Vanderbilt Commodores in baseball? I believe it was the 2018 season was the last time the Gators swept the Vanderbilt Commodores. Vanderbilt, always a good good team. Uh, we had some uh, weather issues this weekend. Um, Vandy did have a few issues at pitcher. Um, but it wasn't so much that we just put up the runs on them. First night we did. The first night we scored 10, we run rolled them. But – Vandy really couldn't get anything going against our pitching. And what's really surprising by that is Saturday, because of the weather delay, we had a bullpen game. You know, Hurston had been out there to pitch the first inning, looked really good, looked the best he'd looked in a while just from that first inning. Um, And the rain started, and, you know, you don't want to cool a guy's arm off and then send him back out there. You know, you're playing with fire with injuries. Um, Kevin O'Sullivan's always going to protect his pitcher, and that's why we are always going to get good recruits at pitcher because of that. Um, so we had a had a bullpen game, and those guys took care of business. Uh, Ryan Slater did his thing, um, and then uh, sent in Philip Abner, and he did his thing too. So we looked we looked pretty good. Uh, I think that it was a really good series for us in all facets of the game. They really put it together completely uh complete series complete games that the Florida Gators played this weekend and they uh left the door open um so that th- we're in a position now where we are still uh at a place where we could win the conference they left the door cracked you've got the Arkansas Razorbacks are going to go up to Nashville they're going to play the Commodores um Vandy's going to be tough for them to beat. Vandy's looking to salvage some stuff. I'm sure they're not happy with uh, the way they played against us. Um, they lost uh, – Arkansas lost their best player this week. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a situation now where Florida's going to play Kentucky. They've got to go to Lexington and play the, play the Wildcats. Um, and there's tied – well, they're one game behind Arkansas right now. They're tied with LSU. I'm not sure if Florida has the tiebreaker with LSU or what have you. I know the uh, the South Carolina sweep is going to come into into play a lot there, especially with Arkansas. If we were to tie with Arkansas, I believe Arkansas has the tiebreaker for that. But uh, I think that the Gators stand a good chance to still win the conference, uh, especially if they show up uh, 
and just take care of business uh, against Kentucky. If you're if you're talking, you know, you have some good things happen for you. You have Arkansas lose the series, go one and two uh, against the uh, the Commodores, and then you have Kentucky, Florida sweep Kentucky. Then we win the conference, um, which would be great for us. I think LSU still got a backdoor shot. LSU would need uh, Kentucky, I believe, to take take one against us and um, Arkansas to get swept. So there's there's a few things that have to happen there. Um, but you, you put yourself in a good spot. D1 Baseball has come out and put us right now projected as the number three team for the national seeding, which would be great for us. That means you don't have to play on the road till you get to Omaha, which you know the Gators have been much better on at home than they have on the road this year. Um, so this is a great season. Uh, this is the Gators have a chance uh, to tie their win total for the second winningest team uh, in Florida history and Florida baseball history if they do um, beat the Wildcats over the weekend. So, you know, you look at teams like that that's got these big-time win totals, the Gators at 40 wins, have a chance to go to 43 wins, which would be one shy of the record with our 44 in a regular season. So that, that would be great for us. Uh, there's a lot of good things happening right now, though, that could see us play our way into an SEC championship. You're muted. muted. Of of course I am. (laughs) (laughs) My fault there, guys. Yeah, I'm all in on this team, man. I'm really excited about where they are right now in this point in the season. Jack being dominant on the mound as well as at the plate. That was was awesome to see Um, as we begin what would be the the last charge of of Wyatt Langford and, and company. Um, I hope, man, I hope we're, I hope we just bomb all the way to, to Omaha and I'm going to be, uh, checking out every game as, as we enter tournament season. Best time of the year uh, for college baseball tournament. Time. Absolutely. My favorite time of the, of the college baseball season, fast and furious, not fast and furious X, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but it's still all about family or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well that's gonna do it for this week's episode um we sure do appreciate all y'all tuning in as always as we said man recruiting is really uh about to hit the the pedal i mean we're really getting as we get closer to that month of june the news is gonna be fast and heavy and we're gonna we're gonna cover it every way possible so you may get more than one show from us here and there you know, depending on what's going on and if we get a slew of commits, we may have to do a, a special show here. And obviously this year we'll probably do another Friday Night Lights special show like we did last year to wrap up Friday Night Lights. Um, you know, just it's the best time. It's one of the best times of the year recruiting wise as we enter the, the summer months and, and kids begin to hit the campus and do the camp scene and all of that. So, guys, before we get on out of here, CJ, what you got for us before we get out of here, man? Just make sure you guys are always supporting us as creators. Check out the Patreon if you haven't done that yet. Check out the Facebook page and the Twitter page. Uh, Interact with us over there. We post different questions during the week and interactive things. You guys can respond there. Send us questions through that. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a like. Leave a comment. It helps us out a lot. Um, We're on our way to 2,000 subscribers now. You guys helped us out a bunch. guys. 1,000. We're on the road now to 2,000. We're, we're, we're really growing, and uh, a lot of the views have been up. You know, guys, you guys are just doing a great job. Always check out our friends at Alma Mater. They're going to have the link down below in the comments so you guys can find their stuff there. Go get that brand-new Jack Tawny T-shirt, or you can get one of the other Gators baseball jerseys with anybody else who you want on it. They've got about everybody on the team, uh, so go check that out. If you want one of the softball girls, the softball, softball tournament's about to begin. So if you want to get one of theirs, they have those over there as well. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff on there. The the hat that we've been doing with the giveaway, if you missed out on that, that's okay. You can go over there and buy it from our friends at Alma Mater. They've got it in gray and white. So either one you want, they've got those over there. If you want a hoodie from them, they've got the Dominate hoodie 
that uh, Billy Napier wears, and of course the hoodie that Hirsch is wearing with the Charlie Pell logo on it. So if you guys want to get something like that, a lightweight hoodie, you know, to jog in or just hang around the house in, it's perfect for all that. And it's all Gator gear designed by Gators. It's a local company. It's our friends. We're trying to help them out as much as we can. And you guys are helping us out every time you use our link. So thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. And thank you for supporting the guys at Alma Mater, man. They do a great job and have some great merchandise. Wes, take us home, man. Yeah. Um, again, to reiterate what CJ just said, the link, you don't have to search for it. You have to look for it. Uh, the link will be in the comments to check those boys out. Uh, you can't never have enough uh, Gators gear. Uh, and for the guys, just like we did for the mothers, Father's Day is right around the corner, about three, maybe three, four weeks. Probably I think it's like three weeks now. Um, so if you need more Gator gear, get your wife, your girlfriend, significant other, whoever. Hey, get this link. Get me something uh, in some flow to get a gear, and I'll be straight. That's all I need. Um, but as always, to our troops out there, uh, thank you for your service. We appreciate you guys for all that you do. It, is a lot, it allows us to do what we do, which is bring you the latest in Gator information. Uh, and, and as CJ and Hirsch alluded to, in June, we're going to do another giveaway. Uh, we'll let you know what we're exactly giving away, and it's going to be from our, uh, our sponsor there, Alma Minor. So we'll let you know what that is. Uh, and again, shout out to our boy Chris for winning uh, on uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I spoke with him. Uh, he was happy. He was excited uh, that he won. And he's going to get us that picture so we can post. So uh, we don't just front and say we're doing giveaways uh, like some companies or some things that you li- listen to. I've uh, never met Chris. None of us have met, never met Chris. And, uh, and he won. So appreciate that. Appreciate your support. Like, subscribe, comment. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And as always, go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators, baby. Catch you next week.